Hey everybody, this is Townsend. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, and mental health advocate. I started the You're Not Alone project and podcast to help educate, spread awareness, and simply help you feel a little less alone, no matter what you're going through. Thanks so much for tuning in to season two of You're Not Alone with Townsend, and I hope you enjoy. What is up, everybody? I'm so excited about this episode of You're Not Alone with Townsend. We've got a guy named Hunter Bogman on here, and if you've not heard his story, you're basically living under a rock. So this guy's been all over the news, all over social media. I heard of him through friends, actually, that were into fishing, and they said, man, you got to check this guy out. And the minute I found his social media, I was totally blown away. And you'll understand why as we get into his story. But Hunter, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited that you took time to uh, hop on here. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to this. Yeah. So I've been looking at your socials. You were going from state to state doing all these fishing championships. And we had to like figure out a little slot of time that you could hop on here. So that is awesome. I feel like I'm talking to like, you know, a famous person. You kind of are. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> we're we're both. I found out uh, before we started. We're both from Arkansas. Yes, ma'am. Country born and raised. We're we're both saying yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and yes, sir, and we're both like, oh wow, we are country. <laughs> that's <laughs> <But> right. I, <laughs> I feel like that's the best way to grow up. I don't know about you. That well, that's all I've ever known. So I, I hope a, it's the best way. That is a good way to put it. Um, I've done a podcast with several Northerners. And I have been told more than once that speaking to someone from Arkansas feels like drinking sweet tea on the front porch. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> I feel right. like that's a compliment. I maybe, think so. Maybe it wasn't, but I'm taking it as one. So Hunter, we are sweet teas on the front porch. That's right. <laughs> All right. We'll stop. We'll stop leading people on. Okay. So who the heck is Hunter Bogman? Um, like I said, I ran across your social, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself to these people. I want to personally thank you for taking the time to listen to these conversations. It truly means so much. We've changed so many lives for the better, and we want to continue doing so throughout 2023. This project is made possible by sponsors and patrons. So if you'd like to help keep the You're Not Alone project going and hearing these amazing stories, we would love for you to join the family at patreon.com slash Music. Just for signing up, you'll get free merch, discounts, and behind-the-scenes patron-only footage, not only of my music, but of each episode. That's right, so each guest on every episode answers a few more questions that only patrons will be able to watch and listen to. So head on over to patreon.com slash Music, and let's continue changing lives. So, you know, born and raised, like you said, Central Arkansas, I've never lived more than 60 miles from Little Rock my whole life. So I I professionally fish for a living. That's what I do. Got a wife of nine years, an 18-month-old and a two-week-old. So two little girls, they're very close together (laughs) in age. Um, You know, and and that's just just outdoors enthusiasts is all I've ever been, you know, and and, uh, that's, that's what I've done. So I'm... I think probably obviously what gets a little more, you know, publicity than most fishermen would be the fact that I am an amputee below both knees. Uh, I had bacterial meningitis when I was nine months old. I have no fingers on my left hand. I have like three fingers on my right hand. So, you know, a little less than everybody else to work with, but uh, get to do this fishing thing for a living and, and love it. That is awesome. Hunter, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I have 
four functioning limbs. I have all my phalanges, my fingers, my toes, and I couldn't catch a fish if my life depended on it. They run from me. <laughs> they grow legs and they down. run. <laughs> yeah um so the fact that that's like a science to you and you can get out there and like sweet talk these fish that's just pure talent and guys he has no legs arms or fingers so basically he's better than you let's just be <laughs> let's just be for real let's just be for real you're better than most um okay so you kind of told us a little bit about it the bacterial meningitis which i am super intrigued by i feel like that's something we don't hear about much at all like i've heard meningitis i don't know much about it which i assume most listeners don't either so if it's okay i'd love to hop right in and just hear a little bit more about your story sure and you know i don't i don't claim to know a ton about meningitis but i can tell you about you know what i i had and i had 113 degree fever uh, I shouldn't. Yes, yes, I shouldn't have lived. My limbs actually turned black. That's why they amputated to try, try to cut off the the disease. Right. Um, I, if if I lived, I was going to be brain dead. Is what the doctors told my parents. So you know, good Lord and some really good doctors at Children's Hospital at Little Rock um, saved me. I, I do have both knees, so I'm able to walk around on my knees and stuff. But it uh, it was definitely a different way of growing up as most folks, you know. But uh, outside of that, scientifically, I don't know a lot about the meningitis. I know it didn't affect adults like it did uh, children. It, I actually had never been in a daycare. My mom had kept me at home, so it wasn't like I'd been around a bunch of children. And most likely, somebody in the family had it and was a carrier and didn't know it, you know, because they weren't sick. No, you know, nobody's fault. Uh, that's just how it went down, and it's it uh. It changed my life, but I don't know any different. Like I said earlier about where I live, I just, I, I had never known any other way, but uh, it's just part of who I am, you know? Yeah, I love it. I love that you don't let, you know, you don't hold grudges or anything like that. Um, how old were you when you got diagnosed with that? Nine months old. Nine months. Oh man, that's the cutest age I've ever seen. You're, you're just chunky enough and like you're figuring things out a little bit, man, so cute. That is wild. So if you don't mind me asking, what were the, do you know what the first signs were that your mom saw and was like, okay, something might be off. So I was very lethargic and I had like these spots all over my body. And matter of fact, some of these spots turned into scars. They were like eating the skin away. It's weird, but um, that she saw that and decided and the, you know, being lethargic, she decided to take me to the ER before they made it to the ER, my grandmother and her, I actually quit breathing. My dad worked nights, so he wasn't home, but I quit breathing and, you know, it, it escalated very quickly from there. I spent three months in the hospital wow. originally, uh, you know, I don't know, 16 or 17 surgeries, you know, with different amputations, revisions. Of course, I don't remember any of that. Sure. And from there, I had, you know, several revision surgeries through the year, but they're you know, fairly minor stuff, you know, and that's yeah. really the only lasting effects I ever had of it was just the fact that I'm just shorter than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. If I'm just a little short. Speaking of that, do you ever, do you have prosthetics that you ever wear or have you just chosen not to use those? So I wore them till I was uh, 13 or so. My parents kind of at that age said, you know, if you don't like them, you don't have to wear them. I didn't like them. They hindered me. They hurt. So I chose to be in a wheelchair because I can get out of the chair, jump around, you know, whatever I need to do. Um, actually, when my wife and I got married, I got back in prosthetics and danced with her at the wedding. It took me about a year to be able to even get around in them. Um, and I still hated them because I thought it'd been a long time, you know, like 16 years or I don't know, 12 years, a long time. 
since I'd worn it, you know, I thought, well, maybe they've changed. They hadn't changed. And they, <laughs> I, that's why I tell everybody somewhere I've got a set of legs with feet, or I mean, I, with boots and jeans on them somewhere in my house. That's funny. Never Just put those wranglers on. hanging on there. That's right. Probably got a fish hook, fish hook stuck in it somewhere. Don't even know it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. People don't even understand. So prosthetics, when you see people walking around. So I also have a degree in healthcare. Speech pathology is what my master's in. So we see, and I was telling you earlier about my friends, the physical therapist. We see prosthetics all the time. And just those in themselves are a huge obstacle to face. I mean, they do look incredibly uncomfortable. And I know they're making leaps and bounds to make them better. But even that by itself, man, that's a huge obstacle. You know, it is the uh, being able to bend my knees helped but still they're like wearing stilts almost you know I mean you never get completely comfortable and I didn't ever get completely comfortable you know that still a neoprene sleeve or some type of you know rubbery sleeve a uh, lot a lot of sweating a lot of blisters where that sleeve moves back and forth and just you know this you're gonna laugh at me this is just my country ways but I said if I couldn't get in a a truck, a big truck, four wheel drive truck, couldn't get on a four wheeler and couldn't keep my balance on the front of a boat, then there was no need, you know, me wearing them. So, and I couldn't do any of those. Like it, all the all three of those things was a struggle. So, yeah. Can I, you I do those without them? Yes. All of Bam, them. Bam. That's it. Yes. I love that so much. I know you can hold your weight on a boat. I've seen those posts. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to post one. I got to see you hop on a, a four wheeler and just be like, that's how it's done. See, I, I did actually, I've got a TikTok and I think I shared it to all my socials, but last year I did a how, how to Tuesday and I did something different every week for like several months and I, I've got one on a four wheeler. I need to reshare that stuff because it's been a while now, but then I, I ran out of things to film. So I quit filming them. <laughs> you can film everything in your life and people be interested in it because it's different. Like you said, I, I mean, know. I feel like everything that I have just talking to you I'm like dang I take that for granted reaching up for like a thing of salt in the cabinet we take that for granted hopping on a four-wheeler with zilch problem take that for granted right having two (laughs) feet attached to my leg you know I mean you don't even think about it yeah and I always tell everybody you know my way is normal your way is weird you know it's just how you (laughs) I didn't have to learn it you know like I just learned just like you learn you know it's just something you know I go hunt and I take four-wheeler not by myself and I jump on the four-wheeler and get off the trailer and go climb a ladder and get in the deer stand I mean I do all of it it's just it, it's a little bit different than everybody else I love it I love it so what were some of the biggest struggles you faced growing up um I wanted to be normal for lack of better terms you know I wanted everyone around me to, to treat me as normal and not try to treat me differently and and they did for the most part I had a great school Little Rock Christian Academy um, you know, graduated with like 90 people. So I knew everybody in my grade. It wasn't a huge school. And, you know, in, in high school, like the bell ring and they just steal my wheelchair and go to another class and leave me in. You know, just, <laughs> just, just good buddy. You need you new know? friends, Hunter. You need new friends. Yeah, I'm right. kidding. I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, that, that I always just wanted to be one of the guys, you know, and I feel like I was for the most part. Yeah. I love that so much. Was there anything in particular you remember like being a kid that you're like, man, this is really hard to do? Or did you pretty much just find a way to get everything done? Oh, yeah, because I never knew any different. I was like, well, I'll just figure out a way to do it, you know? You had to think a lot harder than we did. You had to be innovative. <laughs> I have to be creative. 
that's it. Yeah. If I need salt, I just reach for it. A hunter like goes and gets a chair and makes a bridge and does a ladder and gets, and dang, he's going to get that dang salt. You just go get the broom and poke <laughs> it off there with a broom. That's it. You and my grandma would get along perfectly. <laughs> um, okay. So we kind of talked about this. Obviously you want to be normal and you want to be in the in crowd, but what are some things you wish people would understand about your physical abilities, even now as a grown up? Uh, you know, I just, I think people think there's a lot of lingering effects. Basically, what you see is what's affected. You know, like yeah. there's not, no, I don't have to go to the doctor any, you know, any more than anybody else, probably less because I hate going to the doctor. But, you know, the, I don't, there's no other effects other than my physical disability. Like it's, no, it can't be passed on to my kids. No, you know, nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was another thing. I wondered if, meningitis would be hereditary or if uh your your kids got the vaccine for it or how that worked really no it's just like i mean for lack of better terms like catching a bad cold i mean it's worse than that but it's just you catch it just like you do any other you know illness so yeah. it just happened to be a very you know detrimental one yeah so just bacterial so not hereditary or anything just something that you catch how do you so you said you got two kids they're super young so let's say they grow up something I'm super interested in is do you plan to have a conversation with them about your differences or just let them see it let them experience it um you know that we've talked about that I really think they until other kids say something to them I don't think they'll ever notice you know, because yeah. it's just dad, you know, it's just dad. And that's my, my 18 month old. She's got these little rubber boots she wears around. They light up. Anyway, I was sitting in the recliner the other day and she, she was carrying them around. I kept, I said, put them on dad. Of course she put them on the end of my leg and like, look at it. You know, <laughs> it's not quite clicking yet what's going on, but she's like, I know this is different than my foot, oh. but, but you know, I mean, I, I don't mind to have that conversation. Sure. we definitely want everyone treated equally period yeah. you know no matter what the issue um but i think they will just grow up knowing that i mean i think it will be such a second nature to them maybe till they're in school and some other kids like my dad has feet why does yours not <laughs> yeah you know, my dad walked up like, in here i don't know because your dad's weird and my dad yeah. you know but i mean it's just it's just like i grew up just normal you know yeah absolutely you can do all the things that their dads do so they don't sure. know any different I love That's that right. so much. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like, you know, we were talking about you're getting a lot of attention, a lot of media attention, and it's likely more so because you're just beating all the odds. So like I said, normal people, the the average person, fish run, fish flee from us. So not only are you fantastic at fishing, but you're also beating all the physical odds. I mean, Hunter, you're pretty amazing if you don't know that already. But Thank do you, you feel like when you go to a fishing tournament, if people don't know you, do you feel the need to explain yourself or you just hop up there and you're like, stop looking, let's go? <laughs> you know, I used to, but now I'm, I'm no, it's like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody you know, probably knows by now in your circle of fishing friends. Yeah, you know, what's funny is I fished my entire life. I've tournament fished. I'm 36. I've tournament fished for 22 or so years um statewide for a lot of those years regionally for probably eight or nine nationally for this is my second year nationally and you know I, I've, I've been very successful just locally and but outside of those local people nobody saw that and I want a national well a regional but it was a professional level tournament 
uh, in September and it, it gained like crazy amount of press. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of people in the fishing world learned who Hunter Bogman was. And it was, it was like, man, I've been doing this where y'all been. I've been doing this for 20 years. Yeah. I love that though. Not only are you representing disability, you know, like that community, you're representing Arkansas well. Like I can't think of somebody, anybody better to represent Arkansas than this country boy. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And not only that, like I said, you're, you're putting in a good word and a good rep for the people in the disability category, which is amazing. Like it just spreads awareness that, man, we're all the same, really deep down. There is no difference between me and you. That that's right. You know, I've I've been very fortunate to work with for seven years. I did all the fundraising for a nonprofit that took disabled folks hunting and fishing. Is all they did. So I got to be with and work with those guys. And then now, actually, my title sponsorship this year was with a ranch out of Texas that does this uh, horseback riding for disabled individuals, and they also create jobs for disabled adults. Wow, so I've I've always thing. kind of been in in that uh you know realm, and. I feel like maybe I get to do a little more than a lot of them do or realize I can do more, I guess would be the way to put it. So I, it's always been cool to be able to, you know, tell folks how you can do it. Don't be lazy. Don't sit on the couch. Get them to do what you want to do, you know? I think that's a good way to put it. Don't be lazy. Like, don't use it as an excuse. You can get up and you can do what you want to do that's as right. much as you want to do, I guess. You put, your, you put the limit to yourself. I think that's an awesome lesson to learn there. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I have to ask this just out of curiosity. You and your wife have been together. You've been married nine years. Yes. So when you met her, did she know you growing up? No, she did not. Okay, so, met online. <laughs> what? Okay, okay. Yeah. So were you like, funny story. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm rolling up in a wheelchair. Uh, I don't have feet. <laughs> or, or did you use it as a pickup line? You're like, babe. There are no seats in the restaurant. You'll have to sit in this wheelchair with me. <laughs> no, no uh, that, you know, meeting online, of course, she didn't see me first. And I was like, hey, by the way. And uh, then, then, you know, but I always, I've always been the one to make jokes and stuff. We were like on our second date or something in a movie. And she's like, my feet are cold. I'm like, mine are too. And <laughs> she just kind of turned and looked she's at me. She's like, like I feel like foot in mouth. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So she was pretty much always been okay with it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. She's been a huge supporter. I love that so, so much. Um, okay, so this podcast obviously is about mental health and the effects on mental health. And one thing I like to ask everybody on here is what does self-care look like for you? So when Hunter goes home and you've had a crazy fishing tournament, heck, fishing might be what it looks like. But what does self-care look like? How do you take care of your mental health? So for me, and it's it's always been this way for me, long before fishing was a career, yeah. Uh, it's been the outdoors depending on what because I'm a huge hunter I don't make a career out of it but I love to hunt and it depends on what time of the year it is if this time of year you know and I have a bad day like actually we were pretty overwhelmed with our children the other day one of them was one of them sick we're trying to keep them apart and and uh my mother-in-law came over and was helping I was like I just want to go get a deer stand like give me four hours to just go and sit you know, and that's, and if it's summertime, I just want to go fish. Like I don't necessarily have to go fish a tournament. Sometimes it's better not just to go fish, you know, and that's, to me, that's been my deal. It's always been outdoors and that's kind of my stretch relief. Love it. Because I guess I'm, I'm so, so serious about it. Like my wife won't hardly fish with me because I'm so serious, but I'm so serious and focused about it. That I don't think about anything else. Like that's, 
one of the things of being fishing for a living, you have to compartmentalize. It doesn't matter if the world's crashing down at home, you have to be able to do your job wherever you're at across the country. So I've always been able to compartmentalize real well. So it's like, when I go do that, I'm not thinking about what's going wrong. I'm thinking about what I'm doing right now. And that, yeah. that's a big deal for me. Yeah, that's a really great one that you're able to focus hardcore on what you're doing. That's kind of how music is for me. So I play music as well. And when I'm on stage, it's a successful gig if I am just focusing on the gig. I'm not thinking about what happened today. I'm not thinking about what happened last week. I'm thinking about my gig and how I can do bigger and better for my audience and as a musician. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned you were stressed with two kids under two, and I just can't imagine that. <laughs> <Okay. Yeah. laughs> still that that literally me. sounds like my worst nightmare, but <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love kids. I love kids, but I also love handing them back to their owners, you know, their yeah, parents. Right. Yeah. Love them, spool them rotten, give them all the candy, and then give them back to mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're we're uh we're very, you know, strong in our faith and and we actually tried for seven years to have kids and we prayed and prayed and prayed. And then we had Kenley, the oldest, and it's like, oh my gosh, we finally had a kid. And it's like, oh my gosh, we're having another one. It's like <laughs> we prayed for so long for kids. Now we've got two really, oh, no. really close. And some days I, it's like, what are we thinking? I one million percent think Jesus has a sense of humor. Yeah, for sure. One million percent. There are things that happen all the time. I'm like, you funny, you real funny. I got a lot of questions about this one day. Yeah, right. Yeah, I love that so much though. So um considering what could hold you back although you don't let it hold you back what would you say your biggest accomplishment to date is um my family personally oh, yeah would be my family uh professionally would be the tournament I won in September I mean it's, it's two different things but they they're both you know huge accomplishments to me oh absolutely shoot yeah um what was the tournament I've seen all these pictures again I don't know jack squat about fishing um I, I hate to disappoint you there but what what was that huge tournament we talked about so it, was, it was major league fishing of the Toyota okay. series I fished several of them but it uh you know it it kind of I think it did a lot for me you know mentally it, it instead of just being there and I mean I've been successful in them before but to win one it's it's a like a really big deal and it it showed me that I can do it you know so that's awesome is that your medal behind you it is. I'm looking at the screen, looking backwards. One says MLF is the MLF is. champion. Okay, I definitely saw. Th I thought that said MILF behind you, and I was like, okay, well, that's an inside <laughs> joke, I guess. That I'm <laughs> yeah. No, no MLF. MLF. I love it. Well, that is so major league fishing. Yes. Look at me. I'm learning new things every day. Thank you. That is awesome. Okay, Hunter, what is next for you? So I feel like you won the big prize. Like that's huge. What the heck? is going to happen next what do you what do you want to happen next you know i'm i'm pretty simple i want to stay in this fishing world and and you know provide for family and make a career out of long term that's the goal that's what i've been working on i love that so it sounds like you've made it i'm getting there I'm getting there <laughs> there's so it. much you know it uh there's so much goes in, into it with sponsorships and stuff like that that because it's basically a sales gig like you get the fish but you you have to you know, like my boat and truck are wrapped and they've got advertisements on them. Basically, I'm providing sales to my different sponsors. And if I'm not beneficial to them, then they don't want to continue to pay me, obviously. So, um, you know, there's a lot goes into it. And it's it's been like the last couple of years, it's been that borderline between 
a hobby and a career and it's kind of turned into a career and we've kind of branded it it's called hunter fishes and you know made a brand out of it but you know i want to see that get strong to where it's a full deal you know where i'm not having to worry about what i'm doing and like right now is the off time for us and i've been working hard for sponsorships that's what i've done for two months to try to recruit new ones for next year so it's a it's a never-ending deal oh yeah you're preaching to the choir with music in this podcast I don't think people understand how important sponsorships are and people supporting you it's what helps us continue to go what helps us continue to do the full-time job out there that doesn't necessarily pay I mean those fish aren't paying you no that I was telling somebody that the other day they said that must be the coolest job I said it is don't get me wrong I love it but imagine if you went and spent 80 hours in a week working as hard as you could for your job at the end of the week they're like hmm you didn't do as good as you should have. You're going home with no pay. Yep. Because that's what it is. And that, that's why sponsorships are important. Because without that, if you don't finish in that top third of, you know, 100, 150, 200 people, how many in it, then you go home. You've spent whatever, five, six, seven thousand $7,000 in a week. You go home with no pay, you know. So that's that's where having that backing support for and I've got some great ones. Don't, don't get me wrong, but having that support is only, you know, the only way to do it yeah. with any longevity to it oh absolutely you still got to come home and you got to pay those bills so i know exactly what you mean speaking of that how can people find more about you so like you're talking about you branded your fishing where could people find hunter fishing or you your personal socials so just on uh tiktok instagram facebook you can look up hunter bogman fishing but i know my last name's hard to spell yeah so just, definitely that's confusing for our Kansas. Hunter, yeah hashtag hunter fishes if you type that into any of those platforms it's going to pull mine up because basically every every post i make has hunter fishes hashtag on the end of it or you can go to hunterfishes.com easy enough uh and it's my website as well with contact information on there i love it i love it hunter thank you so so much for taking a few minutes out of your busy schedule to chat with us i hate that we kept you out of the woods for a few minutes but no i just can't but literally it has been so exciting i've been looking forward to this episode so thank you so so much for sharing your story with everybody hey thank you so much i've enjoyed it very much absolutely have a good afternoon you too okay guys if you're in the market to buy or sell i have the perfect company for you clark and co realty is located in the benton bryant arkansas area but they're able to serve you no matter where you're located in the state They've streamlined the process of buying or selling a home to make it so much easier. They have a team of industry experts that make sure you have access from anything you can think of. I'm talking from local home inspectors to painters to gardeners and so much more just to provide you with the best service possible. They're dedicated to providing the most up-to-date market data in the area. And I think the coolest part is if you go on their website, you can use their easy-to-use fast property search. You can even create a custom market report to see what's active, under contract, and sold in your neighborhood. Their team is made up of caring, knowledgeable professionals that work around the clock to help you with the process of buying and selling your home. So again, if you're in the market to buy or sell, Clark & Co. Realty is definitely the company for you. Tell them Townsend sent you. Let's be honest. I think we could all use somebody to talk to every now and then. Healing Path Counseling in Conway, Arkansas is 100% my go-to when it comes to therapy. Wendy Blackwood has more credentials than letters in the alphabet. 
She's won awards for her outstanding services and has a whole page of board memberships. Basically, she knows what she's doing. She works hard to help equip you with the tools needed to live your best life. She even offers a variety of services including, but not limited to, cognitive behavioral therapy, technology-assisted counseling, relationship counseling, and EMDR. Trust me, I know therapy can be intimidating at first, but let me assure you, Wendy does her best to make you comfortable and find the best solutions and plans for you. Trust me, don't wait to make the call. Give Wendy Blackwood at Healing Path Counseling a call today. Get started on the best version of you. 